This episode of Children's Ministry Monthly is brought to you in part by DrawYouAPicture.com, where you can get your next ministry logo designed from scratch for as low as $65. View that gallery, see what I, your host, have done for others, and see what I can do for you, for your business, your ministry, your podcast, whatever, even a gift. DrawYouAPicture.com. Check it out today. Children's Ministry Monthly, a podcast focusing on the needs of everyday children's ministers. Hey, how you doing out there? Uh, this is Pastor James Kennison, Children's Pastor at Sheffield Family Life Center in Kansas City, Missouri, and this is Children's Ministry Monthly, Episode 16, brought to you the week of September 27th, 2009. Again, I'm your host, my name is James, and uh, this week... I'm sorry, this month we're going to be talking about uh, what What do you do when your pastor uh, doesn't support you the way you think he should? I hear this a lot, especially from small church pastors or ministers who aren't really paid. Um, I, but I even hear it from folks, even though the pastor has gone ahead and hired someone part or full time. I've heard people you know, ask me this question. So today we're going to be dealing with the lack of pastoral support Today's title is When Pastor Don't Approve. Not good grammar, but it works out. See, some pastors have a big show only mentality. And big show, by that I mean the stage. Um, they see adults. They see uh, their congregation. They have a stage-centered mentality that everything that happens in the church revolves around them, uh, the, the worship uh, the choir, if there is one, the 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 uh, visitations, you know, the things like that. Some very few pastors, especially old school type pastors, do not see uh, their congregation outside of that room, that that sanctuary. And it's unfortunate, it really is, because anybody can tell you right now the key to any growing church is going to be focusing on your departments. Uh, nursery, children's ministry, and youth, in that order. Um, anybody, it, it, even people that don't go to church, could tell you logically it makes sense that if you have people with children, they're going to care more about what their kids think about your church, uh, or they're going to think more, worry about more their kids' experience at the church they're visiting than their own. And I personally know parents and, and other relatives who go to a church primarily because their children love it so much. So so for a pastor to ignore um, the needs of families, not children, but families, because that's what you're really doing when you ignore the needs of children. You're ignoring your families. Uh, for them to do that, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But unfortunately, that is a situation some people find themselves in. Now, how do you operate underneath that when you are someone that feels called to a position whether paid or unpaid volunteer whatever how do you cope when you are trying when you feel like you have more passion than the pastor you have over top of you now uh, a lot of the leadership gurus that i've listened to and, and and learn a lot from some of them are a little too cut and dry on this topic for my good because i've um i've seen situations where, Because here's what they would say. They would say, if you can't support the vision of your pastor, then you need to go. Boom. Just black and white, cut and dry. But what if, what if you're in a situation where you don't necessarily support 
the uh, vision of that pastor or the lack of vision, I should say, but you still feel called. Yeah. See, you're supposed to leave, according to the guru, but God still tells you to stay. Well, the guru would probably say, well, that's not even possible. I'm here to tell you that that is exactly what happens sometimes in in situations like this. Uh, but my first thing, my first thing about dealing with this is is questioning that call. Did God call you to that situation or are you playing a martyr? I've seen that where someone comes into a church and they have a huge heart for children, period. They have a huge heart for children's ministry and they see a need and they want to fill it. And they honestly haven't sat down and asked, okay, is this where God wants me or is this just where I see a need, a place to shine, a place to let my my uh, talents out? And I would say, I would guess and here's, here's my cut and dry. I, I don't know that it's 100%, but I would say if you're in a church where a pastor doesn't see the need for children's ministry um, and you are a volunteer who created that children's ministry, you have two, two options. One of them is to keep, keep on keeping on, or maybe you did something in that church at the wrong time. you got to consider that. We're a human um, and, and just because the church needs a children's ministry and just because you're right doesn't mean that you are mixing and melding with the vision of that pastor. See, it could be, what if it's a new guy, a new pastor, and he's focused on the big show only because that's all he could handle. He's got 12 balls to juggle. He can only juggle three at a time. And right now he's juggling services and, and, and visitations and he's juggling worship and, and all that stuff. Uh, you know, 10 years from now, he'll be juggling 10 out of those 12 balls. Uh, he'll be able to do, uh, you know, keep the old folks and the singles and the ministries that, that, that make a church thrive. Uh, maybe you're just early. So seriously, sitting back and asking yourself, did God call me here or am I uh, finding a way to, to, you know, just fight for something? See, you shouldn't fight for a ministry your church doesn't want. Um, you cannot... Uh, out, you can't love those kids more than your pastor will let you, and you can't minister more. You can't care more. You can, but you might as well not bother because you can't care more than that pastor does because you will get limited every single time. Well, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with a pastor? See, because you working under a pastor that doesn't have as much vision as you think he should, uh, you're going to get bitter. That's the temptation anyway. But after confirming your call, if that's exactly where you're supposed to be, and maybe you see yourself as someone that is supposed to just be there in the interim to serve that pastor in spite of himself uh, until until that, that vision is birthed in him, then here's a tip. Instead of seeing that pastor, well, along with seeing that pastor as a leader, you also need to see him as a person. See, sometimes we put pastors, even us ministers, on pedestals, and we hold them to standards that we won't hold ourselves to, or anybody else for that matter. And I tell people, I've been a person a lot longer than I've been a pastor, so don't put me on a pedestal, and that's a lot of peas, I know. But it's a lot of truth, too. See, sometimes I can get frustrated with a leader if I see them as a leader, because leaders are supposed to be strong. Leaders are supposed to be pretty much perfect all the time and always make the right decisions and always do the right things. But when I can take a second and see that that leader as a person, suddenly I have grace. I have mercy for them. I have prayers for them. I have understanding for them, because I know a leader doesn't have a bad day, but a person can. 
A leader doesn't have any weaknesses, but a person can, and it's okay. So ask God to open your heart and see your leadership. I mean, that's good for even good leadership. But if you've got one that lacks somewhere, see him as a person, and suddenly you're going to have a lot of grace for them. And here's another thing, too. Though the gurus would say supporting that vision, um, well, what about the lack of vision? Well, supporting them as a leader is a lot more important than supporting their vision, okay? If they don't cast vision for you, I've literally heard pastors say, I don't have a vision for children's ministry. That's so-and-so's job. And they're talking about their children's minister. And that's cool in one respect, but ultimately it's really not. Because I want a leader that has a vision for my ministry. Because secretly it's their ministry. I'm just doing it for them. So, but if they don't have that vision, then you need to support them as a leader. See, that's where I can get around what the gurus say, because they would say, if you can't support their vision, leave. But what if you're called there? Will you support that pastor? See, they're assuming that if you don't support their vision, you're not going to do what they want. But what I've found and what I've seen is when you're not having a vision cast for you, then you follow the vision that you do see. And you create a children's version of what you see his passions or her passions uh, heading you towards. If you see a pastor that doesn't have a vision for children's ministry, but he's really big into outreach, then you know that that's what he would want for children. If you see a need, you fill it. And you support that pastor in word and deed. You're not gossiping. You're not getting angry. You're not uh, talking about him behind his back. You are supporting him, supporting him, supporting him. See, you know, you, you ultimately serve God anyway, right? Isn't that what we do? Isn't that where our props come from? Here's another thing is it is not your job to convince anyone of anything, It is not your job to be a representative for children's ministry, to fight for the rights of children's ministry. You ain't supposed to be fighting anybody. Your job is to serve your pastor. I truly believe what Jim Weidman says, that I don't see the role of the children's minister anywhere in the Bible. I see the senior pastor position, and I've got to assume that my ministry falls under him. And if I have any anointing, it is because of him or her. And if I have any purpose, it is because of the greater purpose that they have. So even if you don't have a lot of vision cast to you, even if you don't have a lot of support, um, it is not your job to fight for anything. How are you going to fight your own church? How are you going to fight your own pastor? That's ridiculous. Say it to yourself. How am I going to fight my pastor? You can't do that. It's wrong. It's straight up wrong. Even if you're fighting for what is right, even if you know, if you know, if you know it's the right thing for that church, all of a sudden you're prideful because you know more than he does. See, it's not, I said something to my wife the other day. I don't want to be right at the cost of losing And being treated like I'm wrong, meaning I don't want to fight for something and get kicked out of a church or or, or embarrass my pastor or hurt him. Not that pastors can't make mistakes, but it's not my job to call him out on that. That's the Holy Spirit. How do I know more? I don't want to fart around, to to pardon my French, but I don't want to fart around with what God has for, for, he called that pastor there. I don't know the history. I just know my little perspective. And who am I? 
to question what's going on. That pastor's got his own issues, his own things, his own things he's dealing with, and God still called him anyway, and he still put him in that church. And if he hasn't gotten around to supporting children's ministry yet, that is between him and God, not between you and him and God. Don't get in between a a, a pregnant woman and a salad bar, and don't get in between a pastor and God, okay? It's not your job to do that. Your job is to serve, to serve. Here's another thing. When you are casting vision, you don't have one, so you've got to cast your own. I said earlier about aligning it up with what, what, what you see the big church doing, but also cast, you, you are going to be limited. You are. That's why I want you to go back and ask yourself, am I really called to, to start a ministry in a church that really doesn't want one or doesn't want support one? Uh, because you are going to be forced to cast vision within the limits that are placed on your ministry. Okay, you're going to be tempted to try to push. See, it's not your job to convince anyone. So rather than have a big meeting, the other alternative is to start doing huge things that that push and 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 stretch people. And you think you're going to do this because it's needed to be done. But I'm telling you, don't do that. Let God do it. Let the Holy Spirit do it. But cast your vision within the limits that are placed on you. It's going to drive you insane. It is going to drive you insane. But if that's where God's called you to be, that's what you've got to do. Cast vision within the limits of what has been placed on you. It's a terrible place to be. It's a terrible place to be, but I do believe God calls exceptionally strong people to these kinds of positions. Don't do things that point out the obvious flaws and exaggerate the flaws of your church. Okay? If you have people that don't work, and they don't work, and they don't work for anybody, much less children's ministry, there's just a a huge drought, do not create a bunch of stuff that demand a whole bunch of workers. If you've got 10 people, 5 people, 2 people, then you need to limit yourself to cast vision by that. Okay? I... This is it, it, it smacks up against everything you've ever heard, and you can ignore me if you want to, but I'm just telling you, you can you can you can shoot for the sky or you can live in reality. And reality is until God opens up the heart of your pastor, until he opens up and sends forth laborers, I mean, still pray, still still have a vision that, that reaches to the stars. But I'm telling you, you need to put the reality, the mesh. It's like if your vision is a big sheet of cookie dough, the cookie cutter is reality. Okay? And you've got to work within that. Okay? God's not going to bless you if you try to, to step outside of the vision your pastor has. And if that's nothing, you're going to be very limited. I'm just telling you, this is real. It's true. Okay? So um, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do, James? Uh, well, what do you control? Where is your circle of responsibility? Um, then you need to improve that. The things that are under your control, the ministries that you control, that's what you do. Don't worry about all the rest of it. See, who are we? Sometimes children's pastors, we carry the burden for the entire church because we've got all the answers. And we, if they would just do this, then we could fix everything. And if blah, blah, blah. No, we don't know nothing. We're the, we're, we're a children's pastor, okay? I'm not downplaying that. I'm just saying you're not a senior pastor. You don't know what he knows and you don't deal with what he deals with. And people don't have the same expectations for you that they do him. It's a blessing and a curse at the same time, but mostly a blessing. So what do you control? Don't worry about the, the, the speck in somebody else's eye when you've got a log in your own. Work and be faithful over what God has given you and what you do have. So many times we're worried about what we ain't got that we don't take care of what we do have. And that's that's what God really got onto me about 
in a different way about a couple, uh, I don't know, a couple years ago. I was walking out of my car. I was frustrated. And God just smacked me down right there and said, James, if you never get another worker, if you never get another bit of support, if you never get this and never get that, never, 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 can you do what I've called you to do anyway? And oh, oh, it just gutted me. And I realized that that's that parable of the talents, you know, people always apply it to music and singing. And, you know, if you use what God has given you, then he will give you more. But we never think to apply it to things like vision and pastoral support. Can you be faithful over the little? Can you be faithful over the little so God will eventually make you master over much? See, he called you to that position. If, if you've tested that calling and you know for sure He called you there, and he did that because he couldn't call just anybody. There's a lot of people that couldn't handle the frustrating job that you have. Now, again, I'm just talking to people that don't have that support that they need. So what about, you know, I mean, we do need support. We do need kudos. We're human. Well, you got to look to God for that. Don't put your pastor up there on that pedestal again and say, oh, if he would just wave his magic wand and appreciate me from the stage like he did the singles pastor or or this and the other or that special guest you know that's that's the devil getting in there and trying to make you mad trying to get you bitter don't don't put him up there as if that's going to happen because you know what he could say whatever he wants but if he's not backing those words up with actions it's not going to mean anything anyway god is there for you look to him you're doing it for him anyway under the leadership of your pastor that's where you get your props from the big g Okay, remember it's still their ministry. It's still their ministry. You just do it for them. That's why you have to work within the limits of the vision that they have cast or not cast for you. It's their ministry, and you cannot. God, nine times out of ten, I know there are exceptions to every rule, but nine times out of ten, God is not going to allow your ministry to grow if you are working in rebellion. He may have a plan bigger than anything, okay? I've seen in the Old Testament and the New. He works with people, uh, sometimes in spite of themselves. But unless unless he's in a particularly good mood in concerning your situation in your church and he's just decided he's going to have a movement there no matter what, uh, he expects you to do the best you can with what you have and and to operate under the, under the guidelines of obedience and all that kind of stuff, okay? He may do it in spite of you. I would rather, and I know you would rather him do it because of some things that you've done right. Okay? So, um, do not allow yourself to get bitter. Oh, Lord. Bitterness is a children's minister's best friend. And sometimes the more support you have, the bitterer you can be. Bitterer. Is that a word? I've seen people with wonderful facilities and they still complain. Oh, I don't have enough lighting. I don't have sound. I don't have this. And the the speakers crackle and the the mics have been dropped and all this kind of stuff. You need to go take a tour of a church that meets in a hotel or in somebody's house. And you need to go and look for their children's ministry that is done in a back room or in a closet or in a basement or in a trailer out back of the church. And I've even seen children's ministries done in tents behind the church. Okay. You need to get grateful for what you do have. See, that's the thing about being the best at what you can do with what you have uh, is you will focus on the positive, the things you can control, the things you can do, the things you you can get busy doing instead of worrying about what you ain't got. So don't allow to – see, and the other thing about bitterness, say God wants to move you. 
Maybe you've been praying, Lord, release me from this, please, if it's your will. I guarantee you, first of all, you ain't going to do that until he's gotten that bitterness worked out of you. And if you move against his will and you do leave, you're going to take that bitterness with you wherever you go. And you think God can use that? Mm -mm. No, he can't use you the way he wants to. You'll be like Samson with a ball head. He'll use you, but nowhere near what you should have been. Don't take that bitterness with you. You want a better church, a better pastor. You want uh, that leadership. It's like a relationship. You want the perfect husband. Well, you become a person that can be a great wife. You got to be someone that will attract that. And if you want a great pastor, if you want great vision cast for you, then be faithful. And 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 God will take care of you. Don't get bitter. Don't get angry. That's the only thing I would say. If you can't get over that bitterness, you do need to go. And then lastly, uh, the only thing I would suggest is pray, pray, pray. From the beginning to the end, pray. Pray about everything. Um, you know, pray without ceasing. That that verse used to stress me out so much because I, I took it so literally that we were supposed to pray all the time, nonstop, day, night. How am I supposed to do that? I have weird dreams. How am I supposed to pray during a weird dream when I accidentally kiss a girl from high school and then realize I'm married? You ever had one of those stress dreams, gentlemen, <laughs> where you're like, oh, I just kissed this girl and I'm married. I have children. Uh, no, it's not about that. It's not about praying non-stinking stop. I believe, and I've come to find, that it means praying constantly here and there, meaning don't stop once you started praying. Uh, meaning that, you know, whenever I think of something, I pray about it right there on the spot. I'm not a three-hour-in-the-dark kind of prayer. I'm not a kind of guy that turns on the music and just sways and walks. I mean, I've done those things, I know. But I am a I am a guy that just prays whenever it hits me, in the morning, at night, during the day, walking down the hall. Uh, I turn every care into a prayer. Every Everything that stresses me out, I'm going to turn it to God and if, if something's working on me, I'm going to work it out right there on the spot. And I'm going to talk to God as if he doesn't know what's going on. It helps me to, to, to have more to say to him instead of, God, please work that out. Amen. I'm going to tell him about it. I'm going to talk to him as if he was like my, my father who I haven't seen for a little bit. I'm going to tell him what's going on. I'm going to I'm going to tell him all my frustrations. I'm going to be honest with him about what part of me feels toward the situation versus what I know is right. And I'm going to weigh it all out with him. And he's going to communicate to me. And he communicates to us all differently. I'm not a guy that hears his voice. Every now and then he'll drop something that makes sense into my brain. But most of the time it's just directing my thought life back to where I know he wants it to be because it ain't where I would take it on my own. But pray. I have truly learned what it means to pray through. You know, the old mothers of the church talk about pray through, pray through. Well, you know, I know what that means. I know what that means. It means pray till you don't feel that way anymore. Pray till you can get your attitude adjusted. Because a lot of times he ain't working out the situation right there and then. He, it is not about the situation. It's about your attitude towards it and your outlook towards it. All right. So I'm going to quit talking for a while. But, uh, you know, what do you do when the pastor don't approve? Those are those things. Did God call you there? Are you trying to be a martyr? See your pastor as a leader and a person. Support them as a leader, even if you can't support their lack of vision. It's not your job to convince anybody of anything. Don't fight your church. Cast vision within the limits that have been set for you. But what you do control and prove it. Uh, look to God for your props. 
Remember, it's their ministry. Do the best you can with what you have. Even if it's a little, be faithful over it. Don't allow yourself to get bitter because you'll take it with you wherever you go and it'll limit where God wants to go with you anyway. And pray, pray, pray. Look, we got a little bit of news. Um, if you haven't been checking out the blog at seeamonthly.com, you ought uh, at least four or five days a week I'm blogging about topics that matter to children's pastors um, and struggles and, and successes. There's resources, there's training stuff, and I'm nobody. All I do pretty much is uh, I share something that I've screwed up with and learned from, okay? Uh, you know, people tell me, uh, Pastor James, you are so good at computers. You know how to fix just about anything. And the truth is, I don't. I don't. I've just broken more stuff than you. So if I, if, if you ever have a computer issue and you ask me and I know the answer, it's because I spent three nights in a row stressed out over it, about ready to cuss because I couldn't figure that junk out. Um, And the same with children's ministry. I'm a dork. I'm a dork. But I've learned a lot of stuff by beating my head against the wall. And, and you know, the old uh, DC Talk song, I, I Have to Learn the Hard Way, that's my theme song right there. Um, and, and what I haven't learned, I've watched other people screw up on, and I've avoided it successfully. So I'm pretty good at that, too. Uh, but if if there's anything I can offer, it's on that website. And I would love to hear from you guys, too. So leave comments, emails. You can also call us on our new number. I know the, the old one's not working anymore. 218-MONTHLY. That's the phone number, 218-MONTHLY. It's uh, 218-666-8459. So it has the mark of the beast in it, but other than that, it's fine. 218-MONTHLY. Okay, just spell it out, and that way you won't end up uh, dooming dooming yourself for all time. Uh, I want to share a few resources with you real quick before we get out of here. Make it a short show this month. Uh, check out inflateaset.com. You've seen these... Um, these uh, big old inflatables that we all rent, the big slides and, and stuff. This guy uh, from Florida, he created a concept. It's genius where you inflate your set. It's the same type of deal where there's a blower and there's these tubes that are interconnected and you can stick uh, printed banners on the front of them and you can have a puppet stage. You can have a full-on set and it's all inflatable and it's awesome. And uh, you can check it out at InflateAset, I-N-F-L-A-T-E-A-Set.com. I'll have that link in the show notes at cmmonthly.com on episode uh, whatever this is. <laughs> so check that out. But InflateAset, it is great. I wish I could afford it. But it, but obviously, you know, it, it's great for people that share their space but need something hardcore. It'd be great for traveling. It'd be great for VBS, camp stuff, whatever. InflateAset.com. And tell him uh, James from uh, CM Monthly sent you, if you check him out. And then uh, also, if you're a Woot.com person, Woot is a, a daily, uh, every night at 12 o'clock, they have one item that they sell. And when they're sold out, it's gone. And I've been a big fan of them for years. I've bought quite a few things from them. And shirt.woot.com, well, they've just started a kids.woot.com. And every night... At 12 o'clock Central Time, they put out a new item for kids and families. And they've had everything from car seats, you know, that wouldn't really, I don't know, maybe maybe you'd give away car seats to people in your church. But uh, more often than not, they have remote-controlled cars and and, uh, learning stations and, you know, just toys that you can buy. Uh, at reduced, severely reduced prices. So check that out if you want to at kids.woot.com. And then also, uh, those of you that would be interested in such a thing, I recently recorded uh, myself preaching 
and I'm not bragging. I don't want you to go see me just to see me. But if you have any questions about what uh, I do in my services, I've, what I've done is I took a video from several angles, mixed them all together, and I'll have a link in the show notes to it. But they're up on YouTube. They're they're like five or six parts, and I edited out all of the you know rules and regs, the the games, um, the, the worship times, all the stuff that all the other people do, and it's just me. And that sounds horrible. But it is. There's no backdrop. There's no props. It's just me and a microphone. And I kind of wanted to do that as a challenge to folks that don't have any extras. Okay. Now I do have a video projector behind me and all that kind of stuff. But uh, that could have very easily been replaced with an overhead projector. But it was just kind of a challenge. I call it children's ministry in the raw. And uh, you can go check that out. And if you have any questions, let me know. Uh, it's time for us to get out of here. Thank you for checking us out this month. You can get everything, uh, including past episodes, at cmmonthly.com. You can email comments, questions, topic ideas, whatever, uh, even advice that you might want to include to cmmonthly at gmail.com. Uh, our new voicemail line is 218-MONTHLY. Again, 218-666-8459. Uh, follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash nlcast, C-A-S-T, uh, Facebook, it's facebook.com slash NLCast. Join us on on uh, CM Connect, which is like the uh, tw- the uh, MySpace or Facebook of children's ministry at cmconnect.org. And tell somebody about our show. And if you haven't done it yet, get on iTunes and review our show. It would be so awesome if you did. Till next month, uh, God bless you and yours. And I hope that you will have lollipop dreams and gumdrop blessings. Actually, I'm, I'm just going to pray for your pastor because Lord knows anybody that would hire or put us in charge of kids, they need all the prayer they can get. Peace out.